This is Watson Jordan. I lead the Resilience Initiative where we research and promote resilience from around the globe and back to you. Our big idea, we can develop resilience. Our promise, we will show you how with inspirational stories and straightforward ideas. Looking into the future with excitement and hope are the guideposts for season five. Together, we explore observations, trends, and prognostications about the future. With each episode, you learn what fortifies resilience and what the future might hold and reveal. Today, we're at Burnsville High School in Minnesota. We've been working with Principal Bill Summers and teacher Dave Palmer uh, in both of Dave's classes for the past five days. His students have taken the YOS Discovery. We've reviewed the results as a class, and I've reviewed the results with the students individually. Next, as a class, we went through the 531 plan for building resilience. And then I got to meet with the students individually again. This podcast is interviews with the students about that experience. I really enjoyed my time with at Burnsville High uh, and I'm grateful to Mr. Palmer and Dr. Summers. And I hope you enjoy the insightful comments by the students. I'd like to thank Stephanie and Adam for their help on this podcast. What we did yesterday. So yesterday we talked about resilience and we talked about all the different parts on this poster. In examples of resilience, was there anything that we talked about that you related to or identified with or thought was interesting? No. No? Okay. So the first question is, who is someone, uh, who's your rock? Who is someone that you admire? someone that's an example of resilience, uh, it's been supportive of you or that you look up to? Someone I admire? Yeah. Um, I really admire my sister. Nice. Is she older? Yeah, she's older. She's in her 20s. And I admire her because um, she went to school, she finished school, she went to college. And that's something I want to do, too. Wow. And she got her diploma and everything. And, like, I think right now she's, I think she, right now she's still going to school. She's almost finishing. Good for her. And good for you for noticing that. Yeah, that's when we, one of the things we talked about was in communities. So your family can be a community. Yeah. When we see people doing things that we'd like to do 
and you see them being successful, that can really give us some hope, something to aspire to. That's fantastic. Well, that's a great example. Um, maybe tell her about that. Tell her you were doing this class with this guy and uh, why her name came up. I'm sure it will be flattering for her. Yeah. Uh, who's someone that you have helped? Someone that you are a rock for? One of my friends. Can you tell me a little bit about that without, I don't want to uh, ask too much, but is there a memory or a story or example? Like every time something bad like like happens to her, like she needs someone to talk to, she always comes to me. Hmm. That's flattering. I think. Yeah. Well, she had when she needs someone to talk to, she talks to me. Is it? Do you do the, about the same amount of talking and listening, or do you do more talking, or do you do more listening? I do more like the listening, like listening, and then like helping her, like on like what she could do or something like that, stuff like that. Yeah. Often when we're that's a great example. Often when we're supporting people we really make some space for them and listen to them, kind of give them some attention. Um, That's a great example. Well, I really admire that. We talked about the why operating system, the why, the how, and the what. And your why is trust. Your how is right way, and your what is contribute. So the why of trust is believing success happens when relationships are based on trust. The how of right way is creating systems and processes that lead to predictable results. And ultimately, what you bring is a way to contribute and add value to the life of others. So is there any part of this why, how, and what, these three, that you related to or agree with? Can you repeat that again? Yes. So your why is trust, your how is right way, and your what is contribute. So of those three, is there one that you related to or identified with the most? The first one, why? Why of trust? Nice. Anything come to mind that you could share, kind of a thought or an observation? No. Fine. I can't, I can't think of me. Okay. So the same question, was there one of those three that you didn't agree with or that you, uh, you found confusing? The confusing one is the how. The how. So your how is right way. And that's how you bring your why to life. It's creating systems 
like a system would be if I wanted to do better at school, have more success in my classes, I would focus on having great attendance and I would focus on doing all of my homework every day. So those are things that you could put into a system or a process that would get a result. So, well, good. Was that helpful? Yeah. Was there, this is the final question. Was there a favorite part about the time that we spent working together that you observed or you could share? Um, no, not really. Not really? Well, thank you very much for your time and for talking with me this morning. And I hope you have a nice rest of the day. Thank you, you too. So this is uh, what we went over yesterday. So we've talked a lot about resilience. And yesterday we talked about all these different things, activities that can build resilience. And I wondered, was there one of these that you related to or identified with that you could share? Optimistic. Nice. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, I like to think about stuff and like how to do it better. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Kind of. Uh, Again, the more we think about things optimistically, the easier it is to do it more. We get more talented at it. It's a great example. So our first question is whose resilience do you admire? Kind of who's someone that you depend on, who's a rock for you, that you look up to? My mom. Your mom. Do you have kind of an interesting story that you can tell me about that or... Memory? No? Well, it's Mother's Day this weekend, so that's a great uh, thing to remember that uh, you admire her. She's been there for you. The second question, is there someone that you've helped build resistance, resilience, that you're a rock for, someone that you support? I don't think so. No? So we talked about the why operating system. And your why operating system is your why is simplify, your how is clarify, your what is challenge. So you believe success happens when things are simple, uncomplicated, easy to understand. How you do that is by making things clear and understandable. So those go together really well. And ultimately, what you bring is a, an outside-the-box solution. So is there a part of that that you agree with, that you identify with? Um, I believe that success happens when things make things are simple. Yeah, that's a great... When you can do that, make things simpler, it really tilts the table in your favor. It makes it easier for you to be successful. Fantastic. So the same question of those three, is there something you didn't agree with or you found confusing? No. 
No? That's good. Well, our final question, what was your favorite part about the week that we spent working on resilience and discovering your why? What it ended up being, like what your why, how and what was. So finding it out. Yeah, and learning more about it. Nice. Well, I'm glad that was a good part for you. I hope that you can take that with you and kind of remember that when things are ideal for you, those three things are going on, kind of simplifying, clarifying, and thinking outside the box, because that's a great combination of things. Is there anything you'd like to add at the end of our conversation? Any observations, thoughts that you have? I don't think so. All right. Well, thank you very much, Adam. I really appreciate your time and your uh, helping with this and participating. And I hope you have a great camping trip. So enjoy the rest of your day and take care. You too. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, David Palmer. Uh, we really appreciate your uh, teamwork in the classroom while I zoomed in. And I just wanted to kind of touch base about what you observed with the material and with your students during our week together. Did anything especially memorable? I think uh, a lot of it comes down to where students really need to have that understanding of how does this affect me? Why does this affect me? And why am I doing it? Um, they took the survey. Some of them needed some assistance on the vocabulary with the survey. Mm -hmm. And so I think some of the results might be different if some of the academics vocabulary had been changed. and maybe um, there was more people to help explain a few things. Teaching a uh, special ed class and special ed classroom, you get different kind of levels of engagement, especially early first and second hour. And so, you know, some of the struggles are kids have, you know, maybe had a bad night and they're not arriving on time here, or we don't have free, breakfast anymore so a lot of them are coming hungry and you know we also have the problem where some of them are up late at night playing video games or other things and so trying to come into a classroom and learn about something new where they have more of a difficulty making a connection unlike their normal traditional math where you have numbers and you can relate those um, can be a struggle and that's some of the things I saw some of the other things were you're a stranger to them. And so, yeah. you know, I've worked an entire year to build a relationship with the students. And so I feel that the one-on-one -on -one with you is where they really shine because they can be themselves without being judged by their peers. So I thought that was probably the most beneficial to them for that. Yeah. You mentioned something as we were, uh, in class preparation, that perhaps starting out with the 531 plan and then following that with the YOS discovery might have been 
a more engaging sequence for the students? Because you're absolutely correct at all the things that you mentioned. And then it's a different curriculum for a week with a brand new person who's only zooming in. That's a lot to uh, buy into. Uh, But I was interested if you could talk a little bit about how a different start you think might have been uh, helpful for the students. Again, it's that that trust factor. And, you know, one of the nine attributes is trust. Am I able to trust you? Can I can I rely on you? You know, when I'm sharing personal information, where's that bond? And in one of your more recent lessons, you were able to share a little bit about yourself and how you got into the field and why you're working at the Y Institute and your journey. And that allows the students to connect more with you on a one-on-one instead of a person lecturing them or teaching from slides, you're able to make those connections and the, the students you know, noticeably perked up a little bit more and seemed a lot more engaged on that. With the slides also, again, back to kind of the academic language, you know, they feel like they're being talked at because they're not always comprehending what's going on. And so the more imagery and visuals and personal connections that we can make to their current lives, um, the more engaged they become. And so that's why shifting, getting to know you and your journey and why that led you to where you are now might have helped them understand the language behind it as well as um, making a connection with you so they're more willing to share. I thought that was very astute and a great uh, help. And the next time we run this, I think I'm going to uh, follow that sequence to uh, to see how that goes. You'll be surprised to know that the um, in my interviews with the students that the rock, paper, scissors game was very fun. That was a popular event for you. And, and it took some uh, cajoling from it took you having some fun with it to get them to have some fun with it. But I uh, I wanted to see what you thought of that and kind of how uh, impressions about kind of how playing a game like that can, in fact, be beneficial for the students and the curriculum. I think just an education wise. We teach so much that you need to have the right answer. Yeah, we don't teach that you need to sometimes have the wrong answer to be able to discover the process of how to get to the right answer. And so with the rock, paper, scissors, you know, much like in my classroom, I'll make mistakes on the board and are, you know, sometimes they're accidentally and sometimes they're intentionally, but the students know that that's okay. And so by me participating in an activity like rock, paper, scissors, and getting involved and showing that I can be goofy and be energetic, it helps get them involved too. And it helps shed some of that, you know, insecurities of doing an activity around their peers, but also somebody that's watching from a Zoom meeting. Yeah, I am. it's easy to believe that your work building that trusting relationship with each kid in the class and the class as a whole uh, it sounds like really has paid dividends for the students and for your instruction as the year has progressed. So that was 
it was nice to see that connection you have with them. Any uh, thoughts or ideas about that? I think some, you know, growing up, we were always taught like kind of the drill and kill method of learning math. Yeah. Where you learned your instructor's method. And, you know, we talk about my why is the make sense. And so when I look at my students, I see them as kind of a complex mixed bag. And so they've had many years where they haven't got it or they might have been in a skills class. And so math has really kind of been a turnoff to them. And so it's it's coming from a, a sense of caring where, well, show me what you're thinking. It's and teaching that it's okay to make mistakes. And one of the things I teach them is by you showing your work, whether you're doing it correctly or you're making a mistake, that's helping me teach you. And I've found that many of them buy into it more because I'm not teaching them the way I know, but we're trying to find a way together that they understand. Right. One of the things that you mentioned that I just wanted to ask you to expand on a little is that there's uh, some real comfort in teaching now in terms of learning styles. If you can identify how a student learns best, you can refine things to help them. But you mentioned that you thought knowing their why would also be an insightful part of kind of your toolbox as a teacher in connecting with and working with the students. And I, I couldn't help but notice a fair number of the students had a why of challenge, which is wanting to do things a different way. And so I was interested if you had any thoughts about how you could incorporate that into your work with them for the rest of the year. And I think just even having that challenge shows you that so often in special education or just even education, we teach the one way or you need to do these steps to be successful. And the students in some ways kind of want to challenge that because they want to find their way, mm. but it's finding their why to help them find that way that I feel is lost in academics. I had talked to Dr. Bill Summers about some of our results. And, you know, so often we group in reading and math by level and ability, but maybe we need to start looking at their personalities and see who works well together, who complements each other and group them based on their whys. Because once you have that, the social emotional, the SEL part, then you can work on the academics. And so understanding how they process, how they view things would then allow you to support them with other students and also move them forward with academics. Yeah. And specifically within the why universe, we talk about kind of connecting why to why, that it's easier to connect. If I have the why of challenge and you have the why of challenge, then that's a much more straightforward connection to make. And it's interesting to think about how that type of alignment could be utilized in schools and beneficial for the students. So I thought- I'd, also, I'd also be interested in saying maybe make sense and challenge work well together because not necessarily that they're the same, but maybe they bring different strengths 
And so then the other person is the teacher for the one and vice versa. And so it's not necessarily just pairing up by the same, but it's also pairing up with who compliments you. Yeah. So an example of that would be people with trust and contribute are both very relationship centric wise. So that would be a key piece. And others are much more transactional. You know, that it's, it's interesting to think about grouping them. And often I think that um, clarify goes well with, uh, what was the one? Makes sense. Um, that they, they are both trying to sort things out, trying to come up with a, um, well, thank you. Um, anything else that's kind of top of mind is we've just finished a week together and we'll, uh, you'll be uh, doing a little review with the students tomorrow, but uh, very grateful for your teamwork. And any final thoughts? I believe that this is a, a great starting point. I believe that what you're doing would be great at the beginning of a year as well as, um, you know, at the beginning of a semester to help the teachers or academics understand a little bit more of the students' thinking. Um, I would also be interested in, you know, taking and doing the the why assessment at the end of a semester and say if any of the shift in thinking or processing has occurred by maybe some teacher interventions or just where the student is. You know, is this identifying their personality overall for the rest of their life, or is this something where their why could shift? depending on what supports is going on in their academics or even their personal life, do they move from a trust to a challenge or a challenge to make sense? I'd like to kind of see how things, you know, progress or degress to based on what's going on in their own student's life. We, um, we've done some work on that, but not as much with, uh, people less than 25. Um, One of the challenges you get into, no matter what it is, the second time you take an assessment or a discovery, you're in a different place just because it's the second time you've taken it. So the, the default answer is you take it once and that's who you are. And for the most part, that holds up. But I think it's very, it's intriguing for students, A, because they're they're growing so much. And one of the things that you mentioned, the if there's any slippage between the wording of the questions and their cognition of the questions, then that creates a, uh, that's a big variable. So, um, and I know that y'all were, during the discovery, y'all were available, both you and uh, Principal Summers to be uh, support for the kids doing that. Well, thank you very much. I really have enjoyed uh, working together, and uh, I hope that uh, you learn a little bit more tomorrow about the students and what happened, and uh, I look forward to being in touch, and thank you again. Thank you as well. Thank you for joining Hashtag Resilience. 
please reach out to me with questions and subscribe, leave a review so that we can help fortify your resilience moving forward. Go to hashtagresilience.com to learn more. Links and details are in the episode notes. Spread the word.